Return to Camp Blood, episode 56. I'm not through with you by a damn sight. This episode is brought to you by FridayThirteenthFranchise.com. Jesus Christ. Jason's alive. He killed my friend. Now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I miss his voice. An old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're doing if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Chris, joined by my fellow counselor, Nathan. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, you might realize that uh, Nathan sounds a little bit better. He finally got a, a, a proper microphone. So everybody give him a round of applause. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I finally stepped up into the, you know, the, the good technology side of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So as devoted followers of this podcast are aware, we spoke with Friday the 13th uh, Part 3's Larry Zerner a while back, and who the fuck doesn't love Shelly? Believe us when we tell you that it's not just us. The folks we'll be speaking with tonight do as well. So the upcoming Friday the 13th Part 3, The Memoriam documentary, will delve into the world of Camp Crystal Lake's third chapter uh, with interviews from cast members to relive their memories of the production and will serve to not only celebrate part three, but also the late, great Richard Brooker. Joining us tonight are Friday 13th, The Memoriam Documentaries director Kevin Phipps, as well as producers Joe Quintanilla and Ruben Angelo. How, how are you tonight, guys? Awesome. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm, I'm just going to sort of jump right into this. Um you know, there, there's there's twelve films in this in this franchise. With um, it looks like hopefully we're gonna get another one in 2017. But why part three? Why why do a whole documentary all focusing only on part three? Well, uh, there's three different things that uh, personally I'm interested in. Um, number one was obviously it's the first time we see the iconic hockey mask. Um, number two, there's been a lot of crazy things around this whole entire part three and making it and then afterwards as well. So um, obviously recently the barn, um, oh, no, sorry, the cabin used in part three was burnt down by a group of kids. And then one of our biggest things about it is remembering Richard Brooker, who passed away not too long ago and, and uh, just getting a lot of perspectives on his life and how he got there and what he's left behind. So with that in mind, Kevin, would you say that one outweighed the other as far as deciding to make the documentary or was it decided at first to, you know, just start off as doing a tribute to Richard? Uh, actually, I, I believe uh, for me, it did start with a tribute to Richard first. Yeah. So, and also the, the executive producer, he's he's been to a lot of horror conventions and, and has hung out with Richard. And so that was one of his biggest things as well. From what I from what I understand, uh, apparently we're going to see you know when when it's finally released, uh, us fans are actually going to get to see, I guess what's deemed as the the last known footage of the filming location. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's uh, actually we just edited that in a couple of days ago. Oh, awesome! So um, maybe for some of our listeners who might not know um, about what happened to the set, um, one of you guys want to sort of give us a brief sort of overview about what happened 
So what actually happened to the set is so basically, you know, a lot of people were allowed to go visit the location um, and actually other films used it or utilized it as well. And so there was a couple of um, groups that went in trespass, trespassed on the location and ended up lighting a fire in the fireplace, which is not a real fireplace, and ended up burning down the main cabin that, we, that you see in Friday the 13th Part 3. Right. And then um, what's interesting, too, and we, I don't want to give too much away, but you can read about it online. Um, one of the group members who did burn it down took a picture of it. And then put it on a, an official site saying, is this your guys' love? You know, whatever the, I have the exact terminology, but yeah, something like that. What a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Assholes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we learned a lot. Uh, we had some really great time to talk to the police who were involved in it and, and uh, different people. And they've told us some interesting things. Just out of curiosity on that, since you mentioned the police, did you by chance fill out any freedom of information acts and, and get your hands on any of the original police documentation or fire department documentation? No, not yet. <laughs> what Kevin needs to say is no, not yet, but definitely something that we will be looking into. <laughs> well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to delve too far into that. I didn't know if that would maybe be a spoiler or something. So I didn't want to follow up with that. Uh, per se. Actually, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of public information right now as we're sorting through the edit. And so there's some stuff that we're considering currently that we're not putting on the table because we're not sure if it's going to make it into the documentary or not. Right. So, yeah, everybody's been really great, even the studio. We, we may have some good stuff soon. We're hoping to hear some great news that nobody's ever seen, ever, ever, ever. Awesome. I, I know that nowadays with all the, you know, the police-related TV shows and stuff, I kind of figured that you've probably had that question before is if you've had access to any of the – you know, any of the law enforcement documentation or, you know, any of the fire department documentation. I'm, I'm sure you've been asked that already. Yeah, just, uh, just yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> I think it'd be great if we could actually get a hold of if at the time. You just never know because sometimes the cameras are on the actual police cars and now they're actually on the policemen themselves to see if they have any of that live footage, too. That'd be awesome. Even if it's a behind this, not behind the scenes, but maybe um, like some, you know, just extra footage that we could provide on the DVD. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. And being that it obviously wasn't that long ago, I'm, I'm sure. Well, I shouldn't say I'm sure. It's likely that there's probably something out there. Absolutely. We will be looking into that. Which <laughs> <laughs> we'll be all the credit. No. Exactly. Well, as a matter of fact, we got that idea from this radio interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like we've done this before. Um, sort of. <laughs> yeah, kind of, sort of, a little deja vu, if you will. Give us a challenge and we'll readily accept it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, 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 I see that you have a plethora of, of people from uh, Part 3 that are involved in this. Um, is, there, is there anybody um, from the, from the, that worked on the film that, that you're still trying to get? Or is that something that you can talk about right now? Or? That sounds like a Joe question. Well, you know, we basically reached out to a lot of folks from the original part three uh, because of timing and scheduling. Most of them were not available. Uh, the ones they were, you know, th they gave us so much that when the campers see this, they're going to be like, wow, they're going to be moved to tears, you know, with some of the stuff that we already shot. And so, but um, yeah, man, um, no, there really isn't anyone right now that we would say, wow, we went after that person we couldn't get. Everybody was very kind to us, you know, everybody 
went out of their way to try to meet our schedule. But unfortunately, you know, some of the people that we wanted, it just was not going to happen because of scheduling. Something else I wanted to ask. Um, I, I see that Manfredini is attached to the project. Um, is he providing uh, score or, you know, it, are you guys just using old stuff? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah, I mean, Sean, our executive producer or scene, you don't know. Scene. Um, he's developed a nice relationship with Harry and uh, Manfredini and um, Harry was very instrumental in helping us get the right to use the whole mastered soundtrack onto the the, our documentary and uh, yeah that's about it it's pretty sweet even that funky disco theme which uh, we saved for the end credits let's just put it that way (laughs) that was going to be my question was where are we going to see the disco (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an outtake of the director um, doing a little dance at the very end oh Actually, my God. it's Joe in his Friday 13th underwear and he's just dancing I'm to it I'm going to do it I'm going to do it I'm going to do it I'm going to watch Tom Cruise in his underwear with the disco dance. oh do the wrist nice. slide and then get into the disco dance yeah <laughs> oh God and we're going to have to shoot it Kevin when we do Comic Con in a couple of weeks Right in the middle oh, of everything. Six K, brother. So that oh we- yeah, <laughs> we're gonna do it right on the floor. Everybody can watch. <laughs> in the middle, nice. that would be even better. Yes. Yes. In fact, I'll ask all my celebrity friends who are signing autographs to join us. Hey, take a break from your signing. Get over here. Do this. You know. Well, actually, some of the cast will probably be there from Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, they will be. Oh, for sure, they will be. So. <laughs> and I do understand from looking at the IMDb page that obviously we all know that you know. Sir Richard was very beloved by the community and the fans and that you were actually able to reach out to numerous people for interviews that were outside of the Friday, the 13th franchise. I don't know if you can touch on that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Basically, you know, um, when I started to call people and, you know, people who were in Richard's circle and they said, you know, well, you know, Joe, I'm afraid with my schedule, there's no way that I can, uh, you know, join you guys. But I can tell you that blah, blah, blah was also, you know, good friends with Richard. So try reaching out to that person, too. So that's kind of how it it went for a lot of it. You know, people who were actually not part of the original Friday the 13th Part 3. And so we did get our other folks that you can see on our INDB page, uh, basically, who had nothing to do with Friday the 13th films, but they were also in the circle of Mr. Broker's close friends. Yeah, and I did notice that. I noticed a couple, you know, like Carol, Caroline Williams, for example. Right. She's a name that I noticed on that. And obviously, he's, he touched the lives of, you know, a lot of people in the industry. So, like I said, I, I'm sure that there was no shortage of individuals who wanted to definitely share their experiences about Richard. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Has there actually been, I guess just a question in general, has there actually been any major hurdles that you guys have had along the way that maybe you could share with us? Other than normal stuff on set, you know, just trying to get this thing accomplished. I just don't remember um, going through anything that we would say, oh, my God, I can't go through this anymore, you know, or can't do this. It was just normal stuff, you know, that happens on every set, you know. But sure. other than that, yeah, I, I just everything went super well on our sets, you know, it seems like. Yeah, I I'm this is Ruben. I think I think sometimes access to certain locations, and as we mentioned, you know, working in in Los Angeles or in Hollywood altogether, you know, the thing about it is everyone that that's worked on the project or has been part of it in the actual series of films, 
Um, everyone has their own schedules. So that's the only thing too, as a producer team, we know that for a fact, we have to work around a lot of that stuff, but everyone's been fantastic. So we're fortunate enough to have that open line of communication and trying to figure out where stuff can, you know, where we can play stuff and, and do these interviews. Oh, absolutely. I'm sure that's a major hurdle with, with anything is trying to get everybody in line, but it sounds like you've, you've had plenty of people that were willing to, you know, participate and, and it sounds like the, uh, the list of actors and, and people that are, you know, sharing stories is, you know, I'm sure it's almost an endless list. Oh yeah. Yes. Well, that's why we, uh, we'll go ahead and release the first one and then, and we'll have everyone else wanting to be part of the second one. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Nice. Um, another thing that's, you know, anybody that happens to look at the IMDB page or maybe the Facebook page, um, you know, you see that there's a Jason actor that's tied to the, to the film itself. So it appears that there's kind of a, maybe a story within a story or, you know, maybe that's just for re- reenactment purposes. I know there's some things online that are mentioned about that. I don't know if you can share with us a few details about that situation. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's some reenactment things we just did for the documentary in general to uh, just get a sense of the cabin and, also, the uh, the we did some reenactment of the kids who went into that cabin, but that's and then there was this total bonus thing that we did that is strictly for the fans, an homage for the fans, and so we we did the whole nines to get everybody ready, and we did a full little fun homage to the eighties and to that film in particular. So let me ask you this: um, How long have you guys been in production with this project? Oh boy, um, I think it's like two years now, right? Yep. Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to check the exact date when I got drunk with the executive producer and we decided to make this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, I did, uh, I did notice that there was some mention of 2014, you know, on there. So you're, you're probably correct on that. Yeah, I think it was around two years. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a story behind behind um, the the start of this idea. You care to share? <laughs> Come on, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds, it sounds like there's something there you definitely need to share with us. I'm trying to think of how much I should embarrass him. No, um, <laughs> um, how we got started on this whole situation. Right? Oh, so let's just say he was visiting from his hometown, and it was something that's been germinating in his brain for quite some time. Um, he was the one that got some of the original footage uh, or the last footage of the cabin. And uh, he was visiting my girlfriend's uh, girlfriend or whatever. I don't remember what it was. Sister. And uh, long story short, it was, of course, on New Year's. So we all went and partied and I barely knew him. <laughs> and he starts talking about this whole idea. And um, that's where it started to germinate because I'm a huge fan, um, especially of 80s horror films. And uh, it started germinating, and then we got a little tipsy. It was uh, pretty uh, interesting. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell a little joke. I'll tell you a little bit, and we can embarrass him a little bit. We were. Uh, uh, it was the first time we met him. I took him to our our uh, actor friend's houses, and we all were drinking wine. Got pretty uh, fun. And then as we were leaving, the host was walking out with her wine. And as we were leaving, he turns around, grabs the wine, drinks it all, gives her back the glass, and then we leave. <laughs> yeah. It was nice. that everybody. <laughs> well, I, I will say that I have spoken to this person that we're referring to, and he has agreed to come on for a post-release interview. So you might want to watch the stories that you tell, because he might have a couple about you. <laughs> That's why I didn't tell you the next part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think it's great that, you know, what he did as far as having that 
you know, I, I guess we can call it archive footage now because, you know, it, it is in the past, but for him to have that kind of footage and be able to turn it into what you guys are doing, uh, I think everyone's just going to be thrilled when, you know, once it's released and they can actually see that, you know, come to fruition and, and actually be turned into a, to a documentary. Right. Right. Uh, on your guys' research, has there been a lot of memoriams, you know, for actors who made a difference in the horror genre? Has, this, has there been done a lot of those? Or, or are we like one of the pioneers here going on with this? Or what do you guys well, know? You know, Joe, um, from a lot of the stuff that I see, which is, you know, you and I, obviously, we all see kind of the same things, but I really, I really haven't seen a whole lot otherwise. I mean, I I think what you guys are doing is, uh, as far as Friday the 13th is concerned, or you're definitely pioneering, you know, the memoriam situation with that. Mm. But in the horror, in the horror community in general, I can't really think of anything else that's probably going to be this detailed. Right. Well, that's all, that's awesome to hear. I mean, you guys are the experts out there. You guys know all the research and stuff. You know, we're just busy working day and night on movies. But I'm glad to hear this kind of news. It's kind of it's very very amazing to us to hear this. So, you know, it depends how this one goes. You know, and um, we would love to do another one, but this one will be on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. As I was, um, Marilyn Burns, one of her best friends, and I was with her basically almost the last week before she passed. You know, and so. The amount of friends that I can tell you on another show would fulfill your show for the next 3,000 years, you know, but it depends how this one goes. If this is, there's a big audience for this memoriam, then we might get our heads together and create a next one, you know, who knows what that would be, but anyway. Well, you know, the, you know, the community is, is very, very tight. So I think that once this project is released and everybody has a chance to look at it. I think uh, it's definitely it's going to be successful no matter what. There's so many fans out there, you know, right. and once you see the results of this, I'm sure you might want to, you know, focus on uh, a similar project, you know, with another uh, famous slasher film, if you will. A famous well, person think, that's made a difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, Kevin. No, it's actually Ruben. And one of the things, too, oh, is yeah. that this group here, it's it's not only just someone trying to capitalize on a franchise, but it's all of us are fans of, of, you know, Friday the 13th in general. Right. So it's not like we sat there and thought we can get some attention from this. It's like, no, we all like the series. We like the players and we like doing what we do for a living. Right. Oh, absolutely. So I, I, and I'm sure that during the production portions, you know, as fans yourself, you know what other fans want to see. That's been watched all the way through. Sorry, it's Kevin. Um, we've been, at, we were actually very cognizant of that pretty much since day one, making sure that everything we're doing, we're servicing the fans as much as possible. So just to jump back and, and pick a thread um, out of what you were just saying, um, uh, do, do you have any um, idea on a release date for this? Um, no, not anytime soon. That's for sure. You know, we want to make sure we're going to take our time to make sure that we create a product that we're all going to be proud of and not just to, release it out there just for the sake of releasing it and then going back going, oh, why did we release this instead of this, you know? So I basically right now, you know, Kevin, our director, you know, and us, we're just get doing day by day. And then sometimes, you know, we might have to go and pick up another shot, you know? But as I said, you know, this is something when it's all said and done, it's going to be one heck of a project. I Based on 
the messages that I get on a daily basis, you know, Joe, when is this going to come out? My God, Joe, this is amazing. And I believe me, I take that, you know, I could be up to two in the morning answering these little messages, you know, because it means a lot to them that they get a response from the people who are making this project. And so, but I, I, I we don't have a release right now. I know that for a fact, but as soon as we get closer to sealing this, I'm pretty sure, Nathan, you're going to be the first one, buddy, to get a release date, you know. <laughs> And I'll let you well, improve it, break it for you. That would be an honor if I was one of the first people to know. I will tell you that one. So with that in mind, is it safe to say that the project is in post-production at this point? This is Kevin. Yes. Yes. We just watched a small rough draft or a rough cut of the whole thing uh, uh, Monday. Oh, nice. And maybe we could talk a little bit. I think it was Friday the 13th, May 13th. So not too long ago, I think I noticed something on your Facebook page, uh, a little bit of a teaser trailer, if you will. Maybe you can comment on that. Oh, yeah. We we got asked to a couple of festivals to show something, anything, you know, and uh, the exec called me and, and Ruben and stuff and Joe and said, can you cut something, Kevin, for the fans, something for people to see? And I was like, yeah, let me see what I can do. And so we just put together a small title sequence. And a little bit of Paul Kratka and his hosting as he comes out in front of the convenience store, a store that everybody should know so well. So. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I I checked out that video and it, it was definitely, definitely got the buzz going, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I oh, yeah. sure did. Hey, this is really, you know, ha- having you say that, I think it's important that we do give the fans something, you know, to kind of maintain their their interest in the project because it's something we we believe in and kevin mentioned the post-production aspect of it we work hand in hand a lot of us the producer team in, in hand with the um, editing and editor as well as the director so i think what's taking a little bit of time right now in post-production is the fact that we want to make sure all the elements that are in place are going to be something that the our, our, the fan base as well as general audience deems as, you know, this is informative. It's something that I really enjoy. And um, all joking aside, if they do want to see other series of documentaries, then that's something we'll look into if the interest is there. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I, I Being that we're a Friday show, I vote for uh, a Betsy Palmer memoriam uh, in part one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Betsy, I, will, I will second that motion. obviously this is i'm sure this is going to be a successful uh documentary but i mean it it obviously could open up the doors for you know obviously a betsy palmer documentary and just like joe had mentioned you know possibly with marilyn burns i mean you guys might be busy for a long long time and that's the way we like it yeah well definitely wouldn't be a bad thing it would not be a bad thing to Develop uh, something that you're really good at and just do a bazillion of it, you know, but do quality ones, not just half ass oh, anything. Yeah. I just, I, it's always been my philosophy. Never, ever rush anything. And then, I'm, like I said, you know, I'm working on a ton of movies right now and I always tell the people who are working, no, 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 no. Let's reshoot that again. I don't want a half ass scene on that movie, you know, or that anything. So, as far as your reenactment goes, was there a specific person that maybe you sought out? you know, to make the mask that was worn by the person in the reenactment or any of the props? Um, was there anybody specific that you sought out to provide those for you? Or was there, uh, was that an onset, uh, you know, a production designer or set designer that created those? You know, I can answer a little bit. Um, that was actually our executive producer got that mask, but it is, I, what I do know is it was made specifically for him and it was 
um, extremely authentic. And on the back of it, which was amazing, and we were very scared the whole time, on the back is pretty much every signature known to man from part three um, on the back of the back of it. So the whole oh, time, nice. like, don't smear the ink, don't smear the ink. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> of course not. All right, so um, just to just to sort of wrap this all up uh, here. So as you know, I, I'll just I'll just uh, ask you guys one by one. Um, are there any um, other projects you guys have coming up? You know, um, on your own um, or something separate from this documentary that you might want to talk about? Uh, Kevin, let's start with you, sir. Okay. Um, yes, uh, we. I finished writing a script where we just finished the third draft, so it's an original paranormal horror film it's about a young lady who is a college student a student she had seen her mother uh, murder herself or you know uh, commit suicide in fossil creek at the age of five and she keeps getting night terrors about her mother and so she decides to do something that most people don't and in an effort to try to bring her over safely she decides to get purposely possessed by her mother and uh, in doing so she ends up getting something else inside of her and all hell breaks loose, and she has to figure it out before she dies. So that's all I can oh, tell wow. you. Interesting. Would that be grief? Uh, grief is uh, no, that's not. It. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, no, this is called Fossil Creek. So, oh, okay. Uh, grief but is grief a big, is another one that you're working on, correct? Yeah, grief is actually it's just finished edited. We're in sound post production sound right now. So, but um, that one's a near and dear film to my heart. Uh, I wrote it on the five stages of. Uh, grief obviously there's seven now but the five are the original and the whole film is about a um, another young lady i must like that um <laughs> who uh who ends up going through a very traumatic event one night and convinces she goes split personality and convinces herself to kill herself and so in doing so there's a lot of things that happen to her five family and friends uh, according to the five layers of grief so yeah but, gotcha. I've seen a little buzz on that one on the internet from time to time. So I thought just possibly that might be what you were referring to. Oh yeah. No, that's the grief's grief's good. It's, it's almost done. So I'm excited. Which I think, that's, uh, that's I awesome. think Ruben is also involved in that film, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. That was like the, the first feature film that we actually worked on together and have worked since, but yeah, it's, uh, it's great. Um, working with Kevin and uh, looking forward to a few more. We're actually a writing, producing, directing team. <laughs> He's primarily a director currently, and I'm actually hoping to direct a short film that I've, I've made called Unresolved. But as far as my work goes, um, I would say be on the lookout for um, Spur the series as an actor, as well as Solace the series as an actor. And producing, of course, I'm going to just, as you mentioned it, plug grief. And then... Um, I'm going to be also going back on into the writing boards and stages for my TV show called Hope as well. There are several other things coming down the pipeline. And of course, as far as this audience is concerned, please um, go watch The Conduit, rented, Amazon, iTunes, um, Vudu. Um, it's a film that I executive produced as well. So I am starting to, to get more involved in the horror genre and uh, kind of trying to leverage it so that way it's done a different way. Nice. Um, I also noticed, and we can touch on that a little bit too, because that's an, this is an upcoming project, uh, Feeding on Fear. If there's anything, maybe you can share about that. Yeah. Feeding on Fear is, um, they're going through their final stages of financial um, uh, investment. 
and I play in, uh, luckily, I'm actually finally going to be in a film where it's just acting. I play Corey, a uh, character by the name of Corey, and I actually, um, I remember talking to the director, or to the producer, Ray Wade, and I said, reading the script, and I said, well, I don't want to give away too much to the audience right now, but it's great to play a character where I might have the opportunity to be carried over into a sequel in a series that's similar to Jeepers Creepers, but it's different. <laughs> Because I've always, you know, most horror films, a lot of if you're if you're not a famous actor, you get killed off in the first part. And I'm not going to say I get killed off or not, because there might be a resurrection. You just never know. But well, that's, um, it's, that's true. It's it's great. It's great because they, they there's so many talented people being brought in across the board. And that's one thing I talked to Kevin about, too, is is there is at least, I'd say, gosh, 15 independent film actors from all over the nation that were brought in and to be considered for all these various roles in it. Um, and that's uh, amazing. All right. How about you, Joe? What you got coming up on the horizon? I sir? don't have really nothing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're busy. Oh, uh, well, you know, I'm just going to list some of the stuff that I currently have already in the SAG. I call it SAG, not the can. And these movies are ready to be put out pretty much on Blu-ray and whatever is going to happen. Uh, the first one is Flowers in December. And uh, that one stars my dear friend Dee Wallace and her daughter, Gabrielle Stone, uh, along with a variety of other actors. And when this movie is released, um, it's basically, I would definitely say, an Academy Award performance for Ms. Wallace. I mean, her transformation from apple pie to what she does in our film, this is going to leave everybody going, mother, you know what, you know. And um, but that's just one is directed by J.T. Molnar, uh, who has a major film coming out right now with uh, Luke Perry and a couple other uh, Luke Wilson, not Luke Perry, Luke Wilson and a couple other big names right now. Also, um, I'm also working with uh, Rocky Carlage over at Ghostwalk Productions in a couple of films. First one is Dead Slate. Uh, that one, they're trying to get all the money together. And I hear it's going to be a pretty big budget on that one. And once that starts, I will be looking at obviously directors and actors and all that good stuff. And I already have an idea who my first director is going to be. Hand hand, uh, it's pretty 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 close around here. Uh, and basically, that <laughs> film itself is going to be about a real life event that happened to a lot of us. And I can't really tell you exactly what's going to happen with that. But let's just say this: everybody's going to be like, "Oh my god, I would have just killed that the main person on in the film," you know. But that one's called Dead Slate and followed by um, a paranormal movie called Lily's Cry. And then right now, I we just wrapped up a movie called Loons, which is part two of the movie Loon, directed by Brandon Tabato. And that one's going to be very similar to The Purge. Uh, you know, Brad Fuller's The Purge, that kind of stuff with the mask and revenge and murders and stuff like that. And that one's from what I'm looking at right now. It's looking really, really, really good. And so, and to top it up, you know... Um, I was just asked if I wanted to be part of, I think it's in the works now, Urban Legends, another part of Urban Legends. And so uh, this time they're asking me to come in as an actor along with a mega, mega actress, which I won't say her name yet. And I, and I said, okay, well, I haven't done acting since high school, but why not? I'll come in and do a little cameo. That's that's kind of the director wants me to do that. So, hey, I'm, I'm able to please. If they're going to meet my schedule, then why not? So, But it's, it's something to do with, Urban legends, you all remember those kind of films, you know. So, but absolutely, geez, listening to all you guys, I'm all, all over here like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are super busy. 
Yeah, a little. I, I have one question that I think our listeners are probably going to want to know too, Joe. How the uh, hell do you confuse Luke Wilson with Luke Perry? I, I just, <laughs> you know why? Okay, I'll tell you why. Because I was recently, you know, um, I've been associated with a Sharknado 4 a lot. And I won't tell you what I did yet until it's made public. And so, obviously, Luke Wilson, and the lead actor of that is Aaron Searing. And, you know, I've been, you know, back and forth with all that name. So the first thing that came into my mind was Luke Wilson. Isn't Luke Perry? What the hell was his name on 90210? Isn't Luke? That was Luke Perry, Luke Perry. on 90210. That's what I thought. Yes. You know? so that's how that came about. It was- and it's terrible that I even know that. <laughs> you see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> well, I think everyone deserved a, I guess we'll call it logical explanation. <laughs> Absolutely. And that was my explanation of why that, that big mess up came out. But anyway. Yeah. Well, if, you, if you ever see Luke Wilson around, you might want to apologize. <laughs> so Joe, you, this is Ruben, of course, your good friend and fellow producer. I have a question for you. <laughs> so you're going to be in the next Urban Legends film in a cameo? This is what the uh, they're talking about right now. It's a big, pretty big production. And I all I know is that they reached out to me already. And I'm like, well, I'd rather come in and you know do what I do best, which is produce. And they're like, uh, we like your look. We want you to do this scene with I cannot, I'm sorry, I wish I could tell you who the mega actress is, but um, I think it might be one of those scenes where either I get it by the urban legend person or or something's going to happen, you know, but anyway, that's that's what I know. I don't know too much about it yet. It's still in the early stages of talking, and as soon as I know more about it, believe me, as I always do on every film of mine, I always recommend my friends and, and, and anybody that I know that's always been really good to me, you know, supported me, supported my projects. I always recommend them for work and believe me, they always get work, you know? So anyway, that's kind of what I know about that yet. So who knows what that's going to look like. We appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, we're definitely interested and um, excited to see uh, all of this come to fruition and, and the final, the you know, the final product. Um, so again, yeah, thanks for, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. We appreciate it. And definitely a big thanks to you, Joe, for coordinating everything and getting everybody together tonight. I, oh, I really so appreciate welcome. it. You're so welcome, my friend. You let me know if you need anybody else. I will be more than glad to do my magic and get you whoever you need for your show. We will definitely be in touch. All righty. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all right. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever the fuck you listen to the show. If you want to support us financially, head over to campbloodpodcast.com slash donate. If you have a question or a theory, you can hit us up at campbloodpodcast.com slash feedback or comment on the show notes at campbloodpodcast.com slash 56. A special thanks goes out to the Down River Rat for our intro and outro music. You can check his stuff out at thedownriverrat.com. Until next time. Until next time.